But when I walked into the room, the first thing I immediately noticed is that no one looked like me. No one had my shade of color. Then the next thing I noticed is there was only two women at the table compared to the 10 to 15 men that was in the room. So I instantly noticed that. And I, as much as I was excited to be in that space, I'm not going to lie. A part of me was like, man, how hard is it going to be to get into this room? Because I didn't see representation of myself. Yes, I saw other women. How many languages do you speak? One, two, four? I know how to teach you how to speak four languages. Now, I know you're probably thinking, what languages can she teach me? Maybe English, Spanish. I think Japanese is really cool. Mandarin. But no. These languages that I want to teach you are languages that are going to make you effective in your business and marketing, even in how you lead and support the people that you're around. It'll help you have effective relationships and realize how to really motivate and inspire people and talk to them in a way to get them excited. I want you to schedule a consultation with me at info at AishaThomas.org if you're a leader of a team. If you have a team that is having issues with conflict, if you're an individual just trying to take your business to the next level or your relationships to the next level, you need this tool because it's going to be so effective that you're going to see the transformation that happens around you. So schedule a consultation with me at info at AishaThomas.org or go to AishaThomas.org, scroll down to the bottom and click on that link for individual consultation. And let's get started on transforming your communication, collaboration, and reducing the conflict that you might face. What's up, guys? Thank you for joining me on another episode of Internal Fire. And I don't know about you guys, but I really have been reflecting on how to lead more effectively as we transition into another new normal, as I've been saying. With everything that's happened with COVID, with everything that's happening outside, with the goal of changing the culture globally, locally, even within the nation, I really want to see how I can do and be better as a leader as we go back. So what I really want us to focus on today is leading through equity. And again, when I talked about it last week, if you haven't caught last week's episode, go back and listen to it. Equity is pretty much opening doors, making resources and opportunities available for everyone. But how do you do that as a leader? What can you do so you can open up a door, kick down doors, maybe even break the door down so you can let more people in? Let's talk about it. So grab your notepads and let's get into this message. 15 years ago, I co-founded Reddit as a place for people to find community and a sense of belonging. It is long overdue to do the right thing. I'm doing this for me, for my family, and for my country. I'm saying this as a father who needs to be able to answer his black daughter when she asks, what did you do? So I have resigned. As a member of the Reddit board, I have urged them to fill my seat with a black candidate. So let me re-educate you again on the DIE process, the diversity, inclusion, and equity space. 
So when we're thinking about that diversity, we first think about, you know, things like when you walk into a room, you'll notice if a space is diverse because you might see people from different ethnic backgrounds, racial groups, people that are male, female. And of course, there are things you might not be able to physically see like religious affiliation, sexual orientation. But those are those diverse spaces. You can walk into a room and say, okay, I see, I see just a blend of faces and it's, it's exciting. I love being in spaces where there's diversity because, again, to me, I look at those opportunities as to learn, learn from people who have different experiences. So that's phase one. Then you have phase two where there's inclusion. Is everybody included? Is everybody getting a seat at the table? Meaning not necessarily they, they own the seat, but are they getting an opportunity for their voices to be heard? If there's a project that's happening, and we'll use the workspace as the example, and, or if there's a policy change, who are you asking? Are you just asking people who might just be in this space or are you asking everyone that it's affecting? If you know that this is an organizational change, have you spoken to the women? Have you spoken to the men? Have you spoken to the African-American individuals within that organization? Have you spoken to the Asian individuals in that organization? Have you gotten everyone's voice and the different sections of your organizations? That's where inclusion comes in, where everyone's getting that input and that leader is looking for that. Hey, have you asked this person, that person, and so on. But the part where it gets tricky is that equity space. Remember, equity is when people have opportunities and resources. Everyone has that equal access and for many of us, we know as you move up to the top that you typically will see spaces where it's one-sided. You might see only one racial group. You might see only one gender. You might see only this one type of mix when you get to the top. And I've always asked myself, why is that? And that's why I always tell workspaces and organizations, you have to ensure that you are utilizing these three tiers because you might not never know that the woman, the African-American woman or the Asian woman with in that organization now that yes you have a diverse space now by her being included in questions and decisions and you're getting her input you start to recognize the strengths and you're saying like man this person has so many great strengths that I definitely she looks like a great option for our next leadership role and that's where we actually are opening doors and we're creating seats for people but if you don't have an opportunity to go outside of that one-sided space you might not even even see the potential, or maybe you do see the potential of what that person can bring to the table, but you might only still lean one way. So the goal is to really think about how can we make spaces more focused on equity, where you now are seeing diversity, not just at the lower tier, but also at the top tier, at the C-suite level, as the executive level, the decision makers, the CEOs, that's where you start seeing a bit of diversity. So like even for me, I have an example of, uh, as everyone knows, I'm in the military. I am a E7 currently, but I remember when I was at E6 and my leadership, our E8, my supervisor within the organization, because, you know, you, E9 is like the top tier of the enlisted corps. The goal is to try to, a lot of people try to make it to chief. And of course you have command chiefs or chief master sergeants of the Air Force, which is even like a higher tier, but that is a top tier chief master sergeant. So she had an opportunity for me to go to one of these meetings with all these chiefs. And I was excited because this was something that I aspired to be and being able to hear what they are talking about, being in that space, I was excited for it to be in that. 
But when I walked into the room, the first thing I immediately noticed is that no one looked like me. No one had my shade of color. Then the next thing I noticed is there was only two women at the table compared to the 10 to 15 men that was in the room. So I instantly noticed that. And I, as much as I was excited to be in that space, I'm not going to lie. A part of me was like, man, how hard is it going to be to get into this room? Because I didn't see representation of myself. Yes, I saw other women. And I think, you know, for me, when I advocate, I don't just advocate from the aspect of um, being a black woman. I also advocate from being a woman. I also advocate from being an immigrant. I have so many different experiences that you know, allows me to see the world in so many different ways. So I'm, I'm advocating for people like diversity is a big thing for me. So when I walked into the room, I instantly was like, wow, how much harder is it going to be for me to get into that space? So that excitement was kind of like started to think about all the challenges or all the all the processes that I'll have to go through or maybe the the upset, the upset moments I might have because I don't make it there. And again, that might not necessarily even be my journey. But I did think about that because, again, the representation in the room showed me that equity lacked. And I'm not sure the vetting process. I'm not sure why you didn't see that much diversity. It could be a numerous amount of factors. It could be, hey, maybe it's less African. African-American women, or it might be less black men that are looking to be into these seats. And of course, when you think about the percentages um, within the world or even in the nation of African-American people or black people within a space, it's a lot less. I mean, even if you think about the military, we we hold maybe about, you know, I believe the last number I saw was 13%. So of course, there are numerous factors why you might see at the top tier that you don't see that much diversity. But I always think, why is that? What can we do to ensure that we are starting to create spaces where there's more equity, where we're trying to create diversity? Because when I walk into my organization, there is a blend. There was a blend of individuals there, meaning there was a Hispanic, there was African-American, there were male, there were women. There were people for so many diverse backgrounds. So when I go and I work in my workspace, there's diversity. And these are the people that are making decisions the the big name or the top tier decisions for an organization that's diverse, but that top tier decision maker is not diverse. And it is important to get those perspectives. So that's why I really want to highlight the importance of equity, the importance of creating those tables, giving those seats at the table. And as you listen, I'm going to break down three ways that you can ensure that even at your level, if you're a leader at whatever tier, first tier, mid tier or within C-suite, what can you do to start to ensure that people are applying these principles, that you're doing your part at least to start shifting opportunities for to ensure that people, the diverseness moves up to the top because that is the goal. But that uh, that experience really just threw me off and I just really started to think and I had to make sure doubt didn't creep in because again, we're aware of a lot of the systematic issues. We're, like, we're aware of a lot of the, the issues that are happening amongst the world for us to notice that yes, there is a big difference or there is a big gap in what you see at the top. And that is the goal of today's message. But I thought it was really important to share that because that experience for me had me look at things a little differently. I was excited initially to hear this, but then when I saw that I didn't have representation, it motivated me. Oh, it still motivated me, but it also made me wonder, what 
kind of experience am I going to have as I try to move up the chain? So let's start to work on creating more equity-focused spaces that we're getting inclusion within there so we can hear the voices of all the different people within our organization. And hopefully that allows us to filter a more diverse space as we move up to the top. My second point goes out to our male allies. Gentlemen, as you know, women are strong, we are resilient, and we are capable. But in this fight for workplace equity, we want your voice and we want your help. A good example of this is Mark Benioff. He's the CEO of a huge company called Salesforce. He's poured millions of dollars into closing the wage gap within his company. He's taken it a step further and does not attend meetings unless 30% of those attending are women. For those of you that don't have millions of dollars, this still applies to you. If you see the inner workings of an old boys club, either on your team or the company you work for, call it out immediately. Bring more women into the fold and see your business grow exponentially. So let's look at the data that's out there. Anyone who knows me knows I like to back up my information with data. Let's really show what information's out there, what studies, statistics show. And these studies vary. This is information that came from CNN, places like Glassdoor, places such as Gallup, CultureAmp, Forbes, Harvard. I mean, there's a multitude of individuals where this information comes from, just so you can get the scope of what or how we can incorporate that DIE, those initiatives within organizations. Of course, we know we have the cultural differences within our organizations, but we also have generational differences. This one stat says the millennial and Gen Z generations are the most diverse in history. Only 56% of the 87, 87 million millennials in the country are white as compared to 72% of the 76 million members of the baby boomer generation. So we're also seeing that within the millennial and Gen Z. So these are the um, po populations or generations that are coming. You know, I call them the, the generations of the future. They are more diverse than prior before the baby boomers. And as we know about one baby boomer, I mean, you see baby boomers. No, it's about 10,000 actually are retiring every day. So you have this new generation that's coming in that is diverse, which will probably affect changes to a lot of workspaces. And it really affect changes in how you see a lot of those top tier level organizations being ran. It even says, and this is from Glassdoor, 67% of job seekers consider workplace diversity an important factor when considering employment. And more than 50% of current employees want their workplace to do more to increase diversity. So your people want it, your team members want it. I always talk about your team are the individuals who push your mission and your vision. They want diversity. They want to see that change. So what are you doing to implement that? So it's really important that you consider that. Here's another one from Gallup. It says, beyond changing national demographics, why are workers seeking more diverse and inclusive workspaces? Because 45% of American workers experienced discrimination and or harassment in the past year. So again, the representation is important because maybe if a woman experiences something that someone within, again, that has that seat at the table can explain, okay, this is what and why this experience might affect this person versus what the understanding of someone that might be male or vice versa. If somebody that is African-American experiences something and they have a top tier leadership that might be just Caucasian or Asian, they can say, okay, this is why this experience, this is how it looks for us 
from this demographic. So that's why they're looking for, because the experiences that they're having, they need additional support. Again, that representation, maybe so you can understand from their perspective, why they feel or why they're experiencing what they're doing. Because again, it goes back to that empathy where you might not have experienced certain things, but now you have people in spaces who can give you that understanding that that education for you to say, oh, I get it or I understand it. Here's another one. It says the majority of women in the workspace or workforce feel excluded from decision making, do not feel comfortable expressing their opinions, and do not feel as though they can succeed. Again, that experience for me instantly made me feel a kind of way within the inside, but it also gave me a level of motivation because I want to break the glass ceiling, right? I, I made a post one time and it showed a woman. She was at the bottom floor and she looked up and she saw all these shoes, but these were, of course, male shoes. These were men. And she was looking up and she saw that at this top tier, it was nothing but men. But of course, as a woman, and and I, the, one of the examples that you guys just listened to is how one of the pieces that she mentioned was when she did get mentorship, she was told, hey, wear heels, straighten your hair, get a designer bag. This is the information she was given from someone that was she was hoping was going to mentor her as she progressed within the ranks of her company. So a lot of people out there, a lot of women, a lot of people, period, might feel like they can't really share their opinions or they don't feel comfortable because of, again, that lack of inclusion, that lack of equity that is given so they can see that representation. Another one says, this is from Harvard, Harvard Business Review, 78% of employees who responded to a study that they did said they work at organizations that like diversity and leadership positions. Because again, from that top level, it's so important that they're seeing that representation because it might it might affect how they see or how they proceed within that organization. There are some people who say, you know what? I'm never gonna make it to the top. Look at the demographic and look at the setup there. Again, equity is super, super important. Another one, it says higher representation of women in C-suite level, those executive levels, the CEO, CFO, and so on positions results in 34% greater returns to shareholders. So there's data out there. This is from Fast Company that shows you their benefits of you having that diversity of top, having women, maybe having different voices at the top. It's so important that we see those benefits. It's out there. The studies are out there. So even if you're concerned or you're like, I'm not sure how to present this or how to share this, or even if you're a CEO or business leader and you're saying, okay, maybe I'm not as educated, there's studies out there. There's data out there that shows you that it works. Diversity helps. And this last one I want to share is this company with higher than average diversity had 19% higher innovation revenues. Innovation is so important. I always talk about innovating and change, especially current in this current climate. A lot of people have had to utilize the online platforms. They've had to utilize other ways to reach their clients, their customers to market themselves. So innovation is so important. We need to always think about the future. I was supporting some business leaders, explaining to them, you know, strategies of affecting change and really looking their communication, looking at their communication. And I explained to them that not only does your product and service need to help your clients now, you need to also think, is this timeless? Is this something that's going to benefit them in the future? Is it going to affect change later? I know as a leadership and development expert, as a team development expert, that I am in a timeless business. I'm in a timeless space. There's always going to be leaders that require developing. There's always going to be someone that's going to want to become a leader or they're wanting to build their skills up. But I have that question. I'm just like, are you being innovative? Are you thinking about that? And sometimes opening that door and a lot of times opening that door, it allows innovations, 
innovative ideas to really reign because you have that diversity within your spaces. So if you were looking for data, there it is. That's why it's, just, it's so important that we're not just thinking about the faces. We're also thinking about the inclusion. Are you giving them opportunities to have input, but then also creating seats at the table so changes can be affected from the top down? Don't go anywhere. Stay right here for the other half of this message. That'll be back to you in one second. Have you had an opportunity to check out my free resources on my website, AishaThomas.org? If you haven't, go check it out right now. You need to make sure that even today you have the skills to really be an effective leader, an effective coach, an effective mentor. So go to AishaThomas.org backslash free session or go to AishaThomas.org and click on free resources and get the tools that's going to help you improve those skills, those abilities, and give you that confidence to lead, mentor, and coach and take your team members to new levels. A few months ago, I was on a panel for women's leadership and it was great. The energy was absolutely infectious, kind of like the room right now. Everybody was nodding, everybody understood. My fellow panelists and I are sharing statistics such as how, despite the fact that women make up 54% of the workforce, only 29% of us are in leadership positions and only 2% of us are CEOs. The audience understands, and inevitably, someone raises their hand and asks us how we became leaders and influencers in the space. Nothing frustrates me more than when one of my fellow panelists responds with, I don't know, I mean, I just worked really hard, and I followed my passions, and $300,000 just came to me one day. I I don't know. <laughs> there is definitely a path from 30000 to $300,000. <laughs> However, it's not overnight. It takes a lot of hard work. And when people in a position of influence who have been able to achieve that don't share the how or the what that it took to get there, I find that tragic. So let's talk about some giveaways, some takeaways that you can take back to when you are now moving around in the spaces you're going in to ensure there is a level of diversity, some inclusion, some equity. Because again, this might not just affect in the workspace. There's so many different spaces that aren't allowing people to have a voice, maybe in your community, maybe in how you do things within your friendships. But it's really important that you're considering all these variables. But one of the things I want you to think about is who are you asking for input? Are you ensuring that when you're educating yourself, you're just not educating yourself from a one standpoint? Because it's easy. We naturally do that. We might naturally have news channels. We naturally might have TV shows or places we go for getting information. But we need to consider, okay, let's figure out and let's consider the voice of other people. And again, to use the workspace as an example, are you just going to the same person to ask for input? Because you're like, so-and-so is so knowledgeable. They always have great information. How about walking around the corner and getting input from someone else? Because just because they might not speak up as much, just because they're not somebody that's always in the forefront, that does not mean they have a voice. I always share, and that's why I talk about really understanding the four languages um, and the different kind of uh, languages that people speak, not specifically as, you know, Mandarin, 
Spanish, English, you know, my country, we have a language called Creole, K-R-I-O. I'm talking about the languages in regards to behaviors, how people communicate and how it varies. There's four specific behavior styles within our organizations. So there, ha- there are some people that are more introverts. They're not going to speak as speak up as much. They're not going to be front and center as you might have the person that's sociable, the person that's results driven. You're going to have people that sit in the background, their quality control, or they're the ones that are really looking at the processes and they might be even more knowledgeable. They might give a perspective that you might not even have been aware of, but you have to ask, you know, because sometimes they don't feel comfortable. And again, like I shared in that data that I provided, there's some people who feel like, okay, there is a glass ceiling. I can't go beyond this. So go around and ask other people their opinion. Hey, what do you think about it? I have friends that I call when I need advice. I sometimes have one friend I'll go to. But this one friend has such a diverse type of mentality and they speak from such a open mindedness that when I get feedback from that person, it's like, okay, I know they're coming from a place that is very like because they have taken time to really look at things from different perspectives. And I do have those friends that might be one sided. I know if I call them, they're going to give me one sided information. So try to aim to get feedback and be in spaces where you're not just going to one source, but you're really trying to expand your mind to understand the views and the input from other people. Because you might start to realize their strengths and you might say, you know what, I need you to come and be a part of this decision making process that we have. The next thing is when it comes to developing, I think as leaders, if you're in a leadership space, even for again, if you're leading at home, it's so important that you're developing just like we develop our children. If you're a parent out there, you're developing them and you're teaching them skills. That's the same thing we should be doing when we're in leadership roles. I will share a story that, hey, when I got into a leadership role, I was just looking at the amount of money that I was going to get paid at one time. I didn't even consider what I was actually walking into. Then I was like, oh, this is what leadership is. I'm responsible for these five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, or however many number of people. And I am supposed to develop them. I'm supposed to support them and counsel them, give them feedback so they can develop and become better. So when you go into these spaces, you're not just going there to manage. You want to develop. You want to coach. You want to really try to embed yourself to build relationships with them and get to know them a little bit better because that also builds trust. That builds like maybe a sense of loyalty. And now when it is time to get input and impact, make impact, they feel comfortable to basically voice what they say because you've taken time as the leader at the top to really influence change and really engage them so we can rev up that workplace engagement. So those are things that you want to consider. What am I doing to make sure that I'm developing people? And even in the aspect of developing people, you want to think about what kind of opportunities are out there. Again, if you're a business owner, if you're someone that's out there that is um, creating opportunities and wanting to more to create more opportunities, it's not just the financial uh, donations that maybe are given right now. It's also the mentorship. It's also scholarships. It's also the upskills. It's also if you're working in a workspace, okay, are there development and programs that your organization has or you can implement so you can say you know what and what is your goal what is it that you're trying to do okay let's create a process where let's put you in the space with this person that's made it to this position so you can get mentored so you can get an understanding of what it's going to take or what the process is or what you're going to see in order for you to get to this level I had this great opportunity myself in my organization before they hired the new superintendent. The superintendent is kind of like if you want to consider someone at the mid-tier level, 
the high mid-tier level and they were like okay before we get that person in i want you to sit in the seat and i want you to have the experience of that and by being in that seat for that for that few months i really learned how to or what to expect i was like wow it's a lot that happens here you're in a lot of meetings everything is from the strategic level everything is from okay i have to consider every decision i make is going to impact so many people so i need to even shape how i look at things a lot differently so even now when i have that experience now though when i go into meetings now that i'm out of that role and I'm transitioning, working on transitioning elsewhere. Now I'm speaking from that strategic level because I had that experience. So what kind of experiences and what kind of doors are you opening, even if it's not getting them to the seat yet, but what kind of things are you doing to develop coach, mentor? And, and of course, uh, even investing, of course, the scholarships and investing in certain programs, even if in your community, there are things that you can do. Because even in community, if you think about equity, you can think about there are a lot of people who might live in a certain neighborhood. And when they go to certain banks, they might not get opportunities where now they can purchase a home in a certain area. So equity reaches so far. That's why I don't want you to think about it just from the leadership space. And like I said, I think that we are all leaders, but also how equity and having this mindset of diversity, inclusion, and equity really reaches the masses. Because again, we do have communities where you might see only one type of demographic and then you you know you might get to the top tier level of you know what people think wealth is or what people think status is and then you might only see one group of people there as well. Why is that? So there is ways, there are ways that you can affect change from wherever you are. So really think about it. Are you developing people coaching? Are you taking time to invest your money into projects and opportunities that will give people opportunities for doors to be open and or them to gain the skills that they need? So again, as you're moving up the top, you start to see diversity. People are embracing it because again, it doesn't just stop at diversity. It doesn't just stop at the inclusion aspect. But it also is important that you allow people to get a seat at the table and then dial it back from the table. Now we're giving you a seat at the table. Let's still make sure we include you. Let's still make sure that we continue to be diverse and continue to function in that space where we are following this three-step process of diversity, inclusion, and equity. I got you. It's coming. Are you ready to ignite the fire? We are Speak Fire. Oh, and by the way, that's fire with a Y. What's going on, everyone? Internal fire. Student fire. Young fire. Father's fire. Leadership fire. Champion fire. (laughs) (laughs) Unlocking the fire within. Thank you all for tuning in. Let's grow. Speak fire. Speakfire.com. Speak fire with a Y. We have a new episode that comes out every Monday at 4 a.m. Are you going to be up with us? Deuces. I want to shout out all my faithful listeners for tuning in every week. And don't forget to follow me on social media at Miss Aisha Speaks on all platforms. That's M-S-A-I-S-H-A Speaks. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Turn your notifications on and leave a comment if this podcast has blessed you in any kind of way. I thank you for all your support. Many blessings to you.